This is the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 435. Don't flinch, don't wait, don't hesitate, just do the work. Good morning and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll break down how Stephen Pressfield's book, Do the Work, provides the clearest possible path to finishing anything important, how to face resistance head-on when you really don't want to, and why rational thought can be your worst enemy. Let's get to it. And welcome back to part three on my series of Stephen Pressfield nonfiction books. Previously, we covered the books Turning Pro and The War of Art. And the episode this week is on Do the Work. And of these three books, Do the Work is probably the most direct. It's the one that really specifically says this is about one thing and one thing only, which is doing what matters. Not planning for what matters, not thinking about it, not worrying about it, just doing it. And of all the things that I have taught on this podcast for almost nine years now, I've taught habits, I've taught healthy habits, I've taught productivity strategies, I've taught everything that has to do with ultimately achieving big goals. And all of that boils down to execution. Nothing happens unless something moves. No goals are ever achieved. No finish lines are crossed. Nothing is ever actually completed or successfully endured through without the act of work, of doing the thing, of execution itself. Stephen Pressfield is a very motivational guy, whether he thinks himself as that or not. His books are powerful because they speak right to the core of where we all struggle. Now, the War of Art covers resistance. It covers this idea that we are at war and we're trying to get something accomplished. We're trying to win this war. Turning Pro really speaks to this idea of making that war possible by making the switch from an amateur to a professional. And that when we embrace the idea of being a pro, we can then tackle those battles head on and truly achieve something significant. Doing the work is much more direct and practical and actionable in the specific sense that we're really asking the question, are you doing the thing? You have a goal, you've established what it is you want, but are you doing it? You know, I love weekly reviews to look back at what I did last week and ask that question. What were the wins, the losses, my aha moments, the things that I thought were inspirational or exciting? But really, at the end of the day, the question is, did I do the thing I said I would do? And if not, why not? And how do I change that for the week coming up? Because I want to make sure in the next week, I set goals that I'm going to achieve, that my calendar, my to-do list represent my actual life, that they represent who I am and what I actually do. Not what I want to do, but what I'm actually going to do. And there's a big difference there. So the episode this week, we're going to dig through a few principles that do the work espouses, that Stephen Pressfield really sticks to and highlights in a way that says, if you want these things to be true, if you want these goals to be accomplished, if you care about this finish line, it's time to do the thing. So let's do it. Let's not flinch or hesitate. Let's not wait any longer. Let's get to it. 
Now, the very first principle that Stephen digs into, and one that he is probably well known for at this point, is his phrase, sit your butt in the chair and do the work. Now, for Stephen, as a writer, he's written books and screenplays and poems and all kinds of great things. As a writer, Stephen's personal mantra is sit your butt in the chair and write. For you and the work that you do, you may not be sitting, maybe standing or, or running or doing whatever the thing is, but there is an activity. There's a place to do it. There's a time. There's an activity, a very specific act that when you do the thing, that is the work, that it's defined and it's clear. The problem is we know what this thing is. We know what the actual work is and we're not doing it. We also are aware and knowledgeable of the fact that the shortest distance between two points or the fastest path to get from where we are to where we're going is a straight line. It's direct action. It's just doing the thing. And yet we don't do the thing. We are an obstacle. We are a bottleneck. We are the problem in a very direct way, right? We are the one not doing the work. Ultimately, the obstacle between where you are and where you want to be is your willingness or lack thereof to do the work required. It's not a knowledge gap. There are no excuses. There are no reasons to delay the action. It's just a question of will you or won't you. This is black and white. This is yes or no. This is in or out. You're either doing the work or you're not. You're either going to sit your butt in the chair and write or you're not. So the question is just simply, how can you establish a rhythm, a routine, a series of habits and systems that guarantee that level of success, that put you in that chair to do the work more often? Not all the time. This is not working 24-7. This is working when it matters. But when it matters, you show up. You are prepared. You are ready. You begin. And the activity actually happens. And then for me personally, the fun part is when it's all over, you get to look back and say, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of this work. I'm so proud of my effort. I'm so excited to see what happened. It's really common in the world of writers and authors to say, you know, I'm not excited to write. I'm excited about the fact that I have written. Past tense, right? I'm not looking forward to writing. I'm glad that I wrote which is a really interesting way to think about the work that you do because it's very common to imagine that going into a scenario, you don't want to do it, right? You're not into it. And yet, when you've done it, past tense, you're proud of it. You're excited about it. You are so glad, not that it's over necessarily, but you're proud of the work that you did. And if it's done well, it's the kind of work that you're into, you're going to want to do it again. Now, my focus blocks of time that I do when I get them are so powerful. And if they're done well, I am excited for the next one. And I want the next one to begin again as soon as possible. And that's the goal here. Now, the second principle that Stephen makes very clear in the book, and this is one that everyone needs to hear probably repeatedly, start before you're ready. Now, that means start before you feel ready. Begin before you are emotionally prepared to start something that you feel like you can't start yet or should not start yet or need to delay again and again and again. This is just fear. It's just procrastination. It's just an excuse. You've got to go now. You can't wait until you feel ready because the only way to feel ready is to do the thing. 
Doing the work is how you feel ready. Starting is how you get the motivation and the emotion and the momentum to then grow upon, to build upon, to snowball yourself into greater success down the road. Now, in the book, Stephen actually gives kind of a caveat to this by saying that it is common for us to believe that we need more information to start something new. And so he actually says, if you want to read some books, you get three. He puts a limit on it and says you can read up to three books on the topic and that's it. That's the limit. And then you go from there. You know, I've heard before that you could read five books on a topic and become more knowledgeable than most people on earth. And that may be true. But regardless of that, if your goal is to start the project, if the goal is to begin and to actually do the work, you cannot let education be an obstacle to achievement. Education cannot become an obstacle to execution. You cannot simply wait because you need to know more, quote unquote, right? You've just got to go. You just got to move. Uh, it is very common in the world of tech to go for an MVP, a minimum viable product, which does not mean you're lazy. It does not mean you're trying to cut corners. It doesn't mean you're trying to deliver a bad product or a bad finished result. The goal is to not waste time. The goal is to not spend your time spinning your wheels trying to perfect something because if your goal is perfection, you will never get there. The goal has to be start now before you feel ready and do the bare minimum to just build momentum, to check those boxes, to be able to achieve something. And then from there, you can build upon that and go further and dig into it and dig deeper and produce a higher quality result and improve and raise the bar. But all of that is later. Like all of those things happen down the road and none of them are possible if you don't start. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So beginning becomes the greatest battle. And not just beginning the project in general. Not like, well, here was day one a month ago, and I began back then. No, this is a challenge on a daily basis. This is what resistance is in the war of art. This is the challenge we all face is beginning. It's starting somewhere every single day. 
So the question for you is, how do you overcome your own resistance? How do you begin before you feel ready? And that means physically, mentally, emotionally, how do you start? And the answer is you sit your butt in the chair and you just go. And then you'll figure it out from there. You've defined the project. You've defined the end result. You hopefully are emotionally tied to it and you want it so badly, you're willing to just say, this is something I care about. Here we go. I'm in. I'm jumping in. Feet first. This is me. I'm ready. I don't feel ready. I feel scared. I feel fearful. I feel like I'm not there, but I'm just going to go. That's the attitude. That's what leads to actual progress. That's what allows the work to get done. Now, the third principle that makes its way into the fray in this conversation is once again that of resistance. It's the most common thread in all of these books, and it's one that has to exist in all of them because it is the thing we're trying to fight against. And when it's time to work, when it's time to do the thing that matters, what we are overcoming is resistance, which is fear, self-doubt, procrastination, addiction, distraction, timidity, ego, self-loathing, and being a perfectionist. All of these things hold us back. All of these things stand in our way and become this enormous, enormous mountain to climb. And yet, it can be a very small little thing. We can shrink it down, make it manageable, and just overcome it again and again and again. If you let this resistance beat you, if you let it win, then these goals, these objectives, these tasks and projects and dreams and fantasies will just stay on a list of things to do later. And our goal is to make them real, make them achievements, make them past tense, and then make them your daily objective to overcome by simply saying, yes, I'm in again. Yes, I'm here. Let's fight. Let's win. Let's overcome this fear and doubt and resistance, and let's get to it which is exciting. It's a fun thing to be able to say, like, I am looking forward to this. I want this. And I'm aware of my own you know, difficulties, my own challenges, my own tendencies, my own excuses. I'm aware of them. I've written them down. I've acknowledged them. And now I'm going to throw it all away and just do the work anyway. Sometimes we need this raw, raw speech to just do what matters. I need this right? To say it out loud, even here in the podcast, like I need to say this to myself and you may need this more often than you realize, right? We all need this kind of, okay, let's acknowledge reality speech. Let's go do the work that matters even when we feel like that's the last thing we want to now, do. The fourth principle that because I that's that a lot of us a lot of the time. In this it's book. probably most people is one that the time rational thought is we don't want to do the thing, but we us. go and we do it anyway. Which is interesting. That's where success in part because Stephen has this through line in all of his books that speaks to the idea that people are creative, that we are all artists, and we are out to pursue big things through this artistic lens. Now, Stephen himself is a writer and a screenwriter, and he does a lot of artistic work. And a lot of his work will speak very clearly to those who view themselves as creatives and artists. But from my perspective, and from Stephen's as well, these books are really for anyone with big goals, anyone who wants to achieve something of significance. And so even if your actual day job or your life pursuit you don't view as being artistic, that doesn't matter. Right? The point here is that we all face the same battles. And in this case, it's the battle that rational thought tends to win out when it shouldn't. From Stephen's perspective, rational thought is coming from the ego, and it actually can be our worst enemy 
because it actually stops us from being willing to accept the fact that our best self and our best work and our most creative ideas, they come from somewhere else. They're not logical. They're not from our brains, but they're from our heart. They're from our instincts, our intuition, from our gut. And if you're trying to force something or logically work yourself through something, if you're trying too hard to use your brain to solve a problem, you're actually approaching the problem from the wrong direction, and you could end up just giving yourself a headache right through this process, as opposed to pursuing your dreams and your work that you care so much about, but pursuing it from the gut, from this sense of a deep sense of self, from your intuition, from your instincts. And then when that happens, when you allow yourself to just relax and be yourself, then your best work shows up. Then you can see things more clearly. You connect the dots in a better way. You're not just going to take everything from a checklist and instead you can use a mind map, right? Instead of doing things in a logical manner, you might just say, I'm going to do what I feel like doing because what I feel is more emotionally tied to what I really want. And then your best work can stem from a place of creative expression and openness and possibility. So doing the work in this sense is getting out of your own way, letting your brain just calm down for a minute and asking yourself, where is that deeper creative self? Where is my best work? Well, it comes from what you're drawn to, what you're magnetized to. And that oftentimes is very, very emotional. It is not logical. So if your rational thought, if you're noticing that it is actually stopping you from success, that you're trying to overthink the problem. Pause. Breathe. And emote. Let yourself feel the solution instead of thinking through and deciding upon the solution because those are two very different things. Now, the fifth principle is one that I actually find kind of funny. I find it funny because it's so clear in my mind who these people are. So let me explain. Uh, Stephen outlines that our friends and family can either be allies in our dreams and helping us along this journey to do our work and achieve these big goals, or they are people who will not serve us. There's a variety of ways to describe these people. They're ultimately good people with good intentions, and they want the best for us, which is why there are friends in our family that love us and care for us. That's a good thing. However, this is the catch. Typically speaking, our friends and family know us as we are or as we have been, but they do not know the future version of us. They can't see this vision that we can see. They don't know who we're becoming. And because they can't see this future better version of us that is different than our current and past versions, well, they have a hard time grasping with what this vision could mean for their perspective of you. And so because of that, they may actually become an obstacle to your success because they're not on board with it. They don't have the same vision. They're not on your team from that perspective. It's your dream, not theirs. And so along this path, you may have the challenge of saying, in order to do my work, I'll have to be around people who support my work, which may mean new friends or a new path or a new environment or you're prepared to take on a battle with those who don't agree with your path. Regardless of that, anyone who's ever uh, had a major life pivot, 
you know, you might move across the country, you might change your diet, change your career, change your partner, change your life direction. You change something about yourself that is significant. And people around you tend to have a strong reaction to that. Positive or negative, they have an opinion, right? And so the question is, are they allies? Are they helping you along in your journey to become your best self? Or are they just not? And you have to make the decision that for you to do your best work, you're going to bring along the people that allow that to be possible. And anyone else is going to need a different solution. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, principle number six is one that I think speaks to me personally in a way that I didn't think that it would. Let me explain. The principle is this. Our greatest fear is not of failure. Our greatest fear is of success itself, which I think for most of us, we've heard this mantra before. But let me try to spin it a little bit through, I think, the lens that Stephen's trying to, uh, to describe here which is that when we have specific goals we care about, let's say you want to launch a business or run a marathon or you know achieve some grand version of success in your mind that you've had your entire life and you just never pursued it. Most of us don't pursue these big things not because we are scared we're going to be embarrassed. We're scared because we might succeed and fulfill our, our potential. And I know this is true for one kind of weird reason, which is that whenever there is something specific that I want, that I've clarified in my mind, this is the thing I'm after. I am willing to fail along the journey to get there. I'm willing to try and make a mistake or try and then learn from the experience. I'm willing to put myself through the challenges of doing something difficult when I know exactly what it is I'm after. And I've defined it clearly. If the dream that you have in your life, this grander vision, is nebulous, it's confusing, it's vague, it's nothing actually concrete, you can actually have a fear of success because the success itself is not defined enough. Stephen does discuss this in the book, but I think this is a point that needs to be a lot more clear, which is to be more clear. 
when you're after something, I'll use the marathon as a good example because when you run a marathon, it is a very specific distance. It is 26.2 miles, period, end of story. Actually, I think it's 26 miles, 385 yards, whatever. The point is, it's a very specific distance, and when you cross that finish line, you are done. You know very clearly it happened. When we're experiencing other life difficulties or pursuing other goals or we're just in the midst of a lot of stuff going on in our lives, it's very easy to lose track of what it is we're even trying to do. What's even happening? There's too much activity. There's a lack of clarity. There's a a nebulous just confusion about what the work actually is. Well, then it's easy to have fear that creeps in about ultimately what is regret. You're not fearing success anymore. You're just fearing the fact that you might continue to fail and never pursue the success you want because you don't even know what it is anymore. You've lost track of that clarity and that specific end destination. But when we can pause for a minute and clear all the the junk out and get very specific, this is what I want, this is what it looks like, and here's a path I can take to get there. All of a sudden, the fear of success doesn't really matter anymore. Now it's just a question of, will you do the work or won't you? Will you put in the time or will you simply fail on yourself again? And that sounds harsh, but that's what this is. Will you allow yourself the opportunity to pursue your dreams or will you let yourself down again? And I'm saying this more to myself than I am to you. So just (laughs) note that. We all have dreams. We all have things we want. But are you going to do the work? Do you care? Are you committed? Is this that important to you? If the answer is no, okay. We can just work with that. We can find another path to take. But if the answer is yes, yes, I want this. Yes, I'm committed. Yes, I'm in for the long haul. Yes, this matters. Then doing the work is not a question. It's a given. Of course you're going to do it, right? Duh. You're already in. It's already there. The calendar is already set. Now you're just, it's just a matter of execution. You're just going to go. Because what else would you do? What else could you possibly do with your time? Like once you get to the point where you're not even questioning the use of your time because you just feel so sucked into this in a good way, then you know you're doing the right thing. Then doing the work and and the resistance and the challenges of that, those things fade so fast because you're in the zone. You're doing your thing. You're executing upon your greatest strengths and interests and talents, and you're just in the flow in the best possible way. And that's what this whole thing is all about. Doing the work is not about arduous pain and torture. No, doing the work is about living out this flow state of doing the thing you were born to do. Because you feel it in your bones. It's an emotional thing, right? We're not going to logically overturn this challenge. We're going to just be in it. And then all of a sudden it works. And then once you're there, you stay there as long as you can. Now, the seventh and final principle that I'm going to pull from Do the Work, I'm actually not going to pull from the book, but more so this final principle is more of a reflection on what I have learned from reading Stephen's books, uh, all, all three of them, The War of Art, Turning Pro, and Do the Work. And here's the thing. If you've heard this show for a long time, you know certain things that are true about me. 
I'm highly caffeinated. I like to uh, have a high energy podcast. I like to accomplish big goals. Uh, There's a lot of things about me that I have made very present and very clear on this show. And to a large degree, the, the vision of Jeff Sanders that I present here on this podcast is a better version of me than who I actually am. I get emails sometimes of people saying, well, Jeff, since I know these things be true about you, you're up at 5 a.m. every day and you're running these ultra marathons and doing these big things, I have to to call them out and say, no, that's that's just the version of me that you wanted to hear. Maybe it's the one that I actually presented. Yes, I do that a lot. But that's not the authentic me because the authentic me is flawed. The authentic me sleeps in until 730 Right? The authentic me screws things up, uh, doesn't go to the gym often enough, uh, isn't this high-achieving guy that I like to say that I am. That's the reality. And I think that to a large degree, the reason why I like Stephen Pressfield's books and the reason why these things speak to me so clearly is because they call me out. They call me out on my own BS. And I think that we need that. I know I need it. This idea of accountability and this idea of of becoming our best selves, of doing great work, of, of battling the war of art, right? Turning pro in the most in, in the best possible sense. The way that I ver- I view turning pro now, my perspective on turning pro shifted from you know I was an amateur and I was lazy and I was this kind of you know blah 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 guy, but now I'm awesome. Now I'm I'm a pro and I'm really just kicking butt and taking names. That's not exactly how I view it. I actually view turning pro as accepting who I really am. And that doesn't mean I'm lowering the bar. It doesn't mean that I'm going to make more mistakes. But it might in, in a good way. Because what it means is, is that I'm not going to allow myself to be a perfectionist to a flaw. I'm not going to allow myself any longer to say, I'm going to hide my mistakes or I'm going to do whatever I can to cover up uh, the worst parts of me and only present the best parts to the world. You know, when we do our best work, regardless of what it is, it's authentic to who you are from the core. It brings out the best in you from a, a, a authentic place, not a place where you're faking it, not from a place where you're trying to be a perfectionist. Your best work comes from the inner best parts of you flaws and all because that's when you're able to actually just do your thing and it's authentic to you and it's real and I think that for me if I want to do my work if I want to turn pro if I want to face this battle of this war of art and really fight in a good way and and pursue bigger goals I think one of the most important things for me is I don't want to fake it I'm not going to be someone I'm not. I'm going to be me in the best possible way. And so I'd hope the same thing is true for you, that when you are pursuing your next big project, it's not because you're trying to logically work your way to it. You're not going to try to force it. You're not going to fake it, right? We're not going to just like make it happen because we're going to work so hard. It's like, no, we're going to let it happen. We're going to go with the flow. We're going to emote. We're going to just bring out our best selves from who we are in a natural, authentic, genuine state. Because then it's easy and fun and it is better and it is real. 
And so I think that if, if this is all confusing and I'm, I feel like I'm off on a tangent here, just note this. If you're trying to do something and you feel like all you've been doing is forcing it and faking it, there's a pretty good chance you're doing the wrong thing or you're pursuing the right thing from the wrong direction. And that the better way to pursue anything that we're after is from a genuine place, from a place that's authentic to who you are and who you're supposed to be. So just consider those options for how you approach your next project, how you choose your next big goal, how you tackle your day every day is do what works for you from that place that's real and authentic that you feel magnetized towards, that you feel sucked into in the best possible sense because your best self will come from that. Don't fake it. Don't force it. Don't make it happen. Just let it happen. And for the action step this week, you guessed it, read, do the work. Once again, it's a short book. It's an easy read, but it's powerful. It's inspirational. It'll make you think. And honestly, yes, it's one of those three books that Stephen's written that I think are life-changing, required reading. This one is definitely on that list. Read it, love it, and do your best work. JeffSanders.com slash 435 is the place to go for the episode notes. And yes, subscribe to this podcast, jeffsanders.com slash subscribe. We'll show you some cool apps to use for that, or just simply use the app you're using right now. That's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life, and the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.